Alright, so welcome again to another edition of the Coffee Cast with Cation and uh, our first British guest, appropriately, Liam Brody. Uh, Liam, first here on the Coffee Cast, we, we talk a little bit about coffee. Okay. Um, I'm a little disappointed in you today because you've gone decaf. Yeah. I don't understand and have never understood the, the decaf coffee. What's the point? I, I've betrayed all coffee connoisseurs across the world. Um, I've already had my two coffees today and I don't want to get too addicted that, you know, I start to get withdrawal symptoms and headaches and stuff like that. So yeah. I always try to keep a fine balance. Um, the coffee in Melbourne's ab- absolutely unbelievable though. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what, what's your normal drink? Because you've gone with a decaf latte today. Yeah, I usually go flat white latte cortado. Um, I mean, sometimes before a match, I'll, I'll, ha- I'll have a shot of espresso just to get myself going. Um, but I'll tell you what, where I live in England now in Bath, it has, they, they have a store called Kelowna and Smalls. Okay. And they were voted the fifth best baristas in the world. Oh, uh, you know, I, I, it's an American thing, yeah. but if you're not first, you're last. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously they suck. Well, I mean, I guess they're probably the best in the, I don't know this for a fact, but I'm guessing they're probably the best in the UK. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but the, the coffee there is unbelievable. And, and I actually went on a barista course. Did you? Over Christmas, which is an interesting experience. I, I reckon I drank about eight coffees that day. Um, I was, it was great fun, actually, to learn about all the different heights that the coffee beans need to be growing at, the altitudes and and how, how you need to um, vary the the size of the granules and stuff like that. Like, do you know coffee beans are actually coffee, uh, actually seeds, they're not yes. beans. Like, yes. That blew my mind. That blew my mind. <laughs> uh, so have, have you adapted, like, I, obviously you're not home very often. Yeah. Like a home base is non-existent yeah. for, for yeah. most tennis players. Do you, at some point, whenever tennis ends, are you going to be one of those guys with like the high-end espresso machine, like a high-end grinder? Is are you have you hit that point of interest? I think the dream and my ambition in life is to have my own coffee shop. Is it really? Yeah. Like I I, I don't ever know if you're kidding or not. <laughs> That's the English humour, though. <laughs> uh, no, I actually I, I don't know. I, I discussed it with my brother. Maybe one day, you know, opening our own little coffee store. I guess in the you know everywhere I go in the states, there's like a specialty coffee house right. or. Absolutely awesome, uh, and they're always absolutely heaving. And I like to think that the, the US are ahead of the UK a little bit with these sorts of things. And in Bath now, there's like five or six real good coffee houses, um, and there are a few places in England that it hasn't come to yet. So yeah, I, I said to my brother, we should do it, and, he, and he's like, oh, but we're not passionate about it. And I was like, yeah, I know we're not, but and inside I was thinking, I am really passionate about it. Like this. <laughs> how how much did your your former coach Mark Hilton? influence you in in that regard because that is a man and I've talked about it before whenever I go to any city in the United States where there's a tennis tournament he is automatically I could just text him and say hey where do I go here he automatically sends me to the best coffee shop yeah yeah well it's funny because you know (laughs) me and Hills used to travel a lot and and his massive thing was uh was coffee and trying to get me into it and I hated it I used to be, well, I, I am quite stubborn. And I used to tell him, I never like coffee. I'll never like it. I, I hate it. It's horrible. Yeah. And then I remember I was in DC for the uh, qualities of the ATP, and there's a coffee place there. Um, I can't remember what it's called. Hills told me about it. And I went with him one time. I didn't drink any coffee. And then the next following, oh, did I? Maybe the first day I went with him and his wife, and I didn't drink anything, but I was like, oh, I quite like the atmosphere in here. It was a really fancy coffee yeah. place. Um, loads of natural light. And I, and the next day I went back on my own just to read a book I like to read and obviously coffee places are pretty good for that um, 
I thought, oh, you know, I'll give one of the coffees a go. <laughs> What, like, so what was your gateway drug? Like, Jesus Christ, this is, <laughs> this is something special. Like Because obviously the only experience that I'd, I'd had of coffees were real crappy coffees. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and this one was like something else. I was like, oh my Lord, like, yeah. this is special. <laughs> and I suppose I associated coffee from then on with that, with that feeling of right. bliss in such a nice city, such a nice coffee house. Right. And, and now it's now I've got to have it to start the day. See, I went the American route of things. I was told one time to try a mocha with whipped cream, oh, and God. that well, see, that oh, was that's blasphemous. I know, but that was my gateway drug. Yeah. I was just like, okay, I'm gonna start with a little mocha. No. Then I worked down to a latte. Yeah. Now I'm drinking flat white. Mine was just a regular regular latte. Yeah, um, I worked. I worked down. Yeah. So now, like today, I went nitro cold brew. Oh wow! Well, I, um, I didn't even know that. Was, well, I've heard about that because that, those are strong. Those um, world brews the championships a couple of years back. And uh, John Patrick Smith. Hello. I've seen you later, mate. Yeah, maybe. Hey, <laughs> um, there was a barista world championships a couple of years back, and the guy who was the first one to use nitrogen to make the, the coffee won it. I think. Okay, it was like a revolutionary. Thing. It's it's fantastic. Here they do it in it. just like it's eight ounces. Yeah, huge pick. And that, that's that's massive as well. Is the size of the coffee cup? Yes, it is. <laughs> it is. I'm gonna let that slide. Uh, so we have to discuss what's been going on uh, on top of your head. Okay. Um, you have gone through a lot of iterations of hairstyles. Yeah, I've gone through a lot of styles in my life. In you general, really have. So, yeah, the piercings. Um, tattoos, the tattoos don't go though. They, these are never going that's away. I've, that's one thing I've learned about piercings and tattoos is piercings can disappear. Yeah, tattoos, tattoos not so much. No, they're pretty permanent. Yeah. You know, my, my cousin is actually a tattoo artist. Um, I love him to death. He's yeah. done my one tattoo yeah. that I have. Oh, you got a tramp stamp. <laughs> That's for you to find out later, Liam. What's um, in this coffee? <laughs> um, but it, it's it's interesting because he's 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 done a couple of like removals or like uh, trans. I don't know what he calls them, like transitions. If you don't like a tattoo, you can kind of alter it into yeah, something else. So but like, like your your lion is not. Uh, that's not transitioning. That's not transitioning. Tattoo. No, none of these tattoos <laughs> are transitionable. Um, and I'd like to think they're not going to be. I mean, I still love them. So, and you know, the whole point of me getting them was I waited a year with the idea before I got them to decide whether they still meant something to me. Um, I don't, re you know, I don't see them anymore when I when I look in the mirror and stuff. Which yeah. is kind of a shame because I used to love walking. Like, oh shit! Like, yeah. Oh, sorry. No, you're sorry. fine. Um, it's okay. <laughs> nobody, nobody's gonna nobody's gonna bother. Yeah, there are only like three listeners. It's okay. <laughs> I used to love walking past the mirror and noticing it and being like, oh, you know, like seeing the detail again. Whereas now it's just they become a part of my body, but I, I don't know. I think it's kind of a shame when people get tattoos and regret getting them. Like, my, I mean, well, my brother's a prime example. He's got a snake emoji on his hip. Um, yeah, so I can't imagine that's going to last very long. Yeah, yeah, agree. Like, it's, it's, it's in color. It's, it's, yeah, it's like getting the snake emoji and just sticking it on your hip. So you you have gone through so many hairstyles, though. Yeah. Um, is it is that more on a whim or is it reflecting where you're at emotionally maturity wise I'm, what I'm sure. is that because they they are I don't mean this in a negative judgmental light they're drastic differences <laughs> quite often and and so I, I do wonder if it comes along with this like this is a new me type yeah, of a thing I mean I'm sure there are some psychological things to it um, I mean I'd always ever since I was like 14 years old when I got my first my, my first ear piercing I'd always wanted to grow my hair long. I always thought it looked cool. 
Um, and I tried a couple of times and the, the thing that people don't tell you about growing hair is that it looks absolutely terrible for about a year before you can actually tie it back. Um, and what I've realised in hindsight is that it looks terrible even then as well. Uh, um, but you know, I, I grew it out for a couple of years and, and I kind of liked it, liked the feeling of having the long hair. Um, there are definitely a lot of negatives to it, but I've, you know, I was too afraid to cut it off because it is such a drastic change. Yeah. And then a couple of months ago in pre-season, I decided to dye my hair. Yeah. Um, and I actually dyed it a pretty similar colour to my girlfriend's. Um, like it was, it was, it was bleach, bleach blonde. Um, I think it's platinum blonde. Yeah. Is, is the word. Lady Gaga esque. Yeah. Um, and I actually quite liked it, but nobody else did. But I know, well, I, d I didn't realise it was the same colour as my girlfriend's hair, and then you know people were telling me. Have you seen her hair before? Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah, but obviously when the hair's on your head, you don't really see it, do you? Um, and then you know I saw a few pictures of me from behind, and I was yeah. like, wow, like I. Like I, I, I kind of look feminine. Like I've got a feminine yeah. physique as it is. Like no, I'm, you, you know. <laughs> um, so yeah, um, and then I was like, damn, like you know, you can't you can't take bleach out of your hair. Um, so I've, I'm either going to be stuck with this dyeing it like this for the rest of my life, and my hair was like straw. It was a horrible. Yeah, like yeah. I just killed the killed the hair. So I was like. I've, I've not got a choice I've got to cut it I was really nervous going into the barbers like I was like oh my gosh is this is this the right decision um, and then when I came out I felt amazing like he, I, I had a big beard at the time and he trimmed the beard down he cut the hair really like just exactly how I pictured it it's um, and I came out and I felt like human for the yeah. I don't know how to describe it I just felt presentable for the first time in two years it was so bizarre and yeah, I, I, to be honest, I'm really happy that I did it and I don't know why I kept it so long for two years. <laughs> but I guess I had to go through that. I, I think everybody has to go through stages. Yeah. Uh, I went through a stage at one point where I was uh, legitimately going to try to be the, the, the white guy with cornrows. Yeah. That was really bad. I've considered that. It's not, it's not good. Just, I promise I think promise the problem you. is that there are like really cool people in this world that pull that stuff off. You know, like Conor McGregor. Like he, he had like his sides shaved and like cornrows on, and it looked really cool. But yeah, then, but, that, he but could you can't kick your ass. Yeah, exactly. So, so you make fun of him and he beats the living crap out of you. So you can't really compare yourself to these guys. And <laughs> and that's what I've that's what I've learned. Like with the long hair and stuff as well is you know, if you've not got it, don't try. Yeah. Like, but you have to experience it to like, try. We're, it. we're all normal. We just got to stop trying to. Yeah. You know, we've all just got to conform. Yeah, but <laughs> you you are conform. not normal. <laughs> And I don't mean that in a negative. I, I mean that actually as I mean, a very positive thing. Right? <laughs> That's as positive of a thing as yeah. I can actually say yeah. is to yeah. not yeah. be normal. What I'm saying is we're we're not these types of people that can pull this stuff off. Yes, you know you've got to be able to knock someone's block off to have a hairstyle like that. <laughs> so then when people start to give you give you stick for it, then you just give you stink for it stick oh, stick. stick like a like a stick okay yeah in, in in the states we just say give you shit yeah exactly well i'm trying not to swear now yeah there's no reason i know this is going out yeah so. again three people listening yeah although it, mostly my parents i'm just trying to keep my uh you know good guy persona up. i think you do a fine <laughs> job with that you know along those lines so we were just sitting in the in the lounge yeah 
your sister walked by. It was nice to actually get to meet Naomi. Yeah. Uh, for the first time, I've Shout interacted. Out big sis. She she only interacts with me when I, uh, you know, mock you in some way, yeah. shape, or form on yeah, Twitter. Yeah, she likes that. Yeah, um, makes her job easier. Than it. <laughs> uh, but she actually said something really positive about you, and yeah. that you were a a feminist. Yeah. And I, you know, noticing your social media. Yeah. Um, persona if you will and I, yeah. I think you social justice is something that I you don't talk too much about but no. it, there are things that are important to you um, and I and I wonder where that's come from in your life and and how you try to make those issues a little bit more yeah. important for you as you grow a little bit older yeah um, I mean I wouldn't say I have a platform like you know like these massive American footballers who are trying to what's the guy's name Colin Kaepernick Kaepernick yeah the, you know trying to incite massive change across the whole of America um, which I think is absolutely inspirational, but um, you know I, I can't help the way that I view things, and, and I've got um, <laughs> JP's <guy. laughs> um, But you know I, I've got a family that you know I've got a beautiful mother who's obviously tried to get me to keep an open mind across my life, and um, and I have a very uh, intense passion for reading, which I've got through her, which obviously I guess has kept my mind pretty open, um, and obviously two older sisters as well, and caring about them and and seeing the difficulties that they've faced in their life and 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 yeah I mean I, I mean come on we're, we're in the 21st century now it's it, things have to change um, and I know everyone's entitled to their, their opinion but then some of this stuff comes down to whether it's right or wrong you know it's not mm -hmm. just an opinion um, so yeah <laughs> how do you view I, I have to admit, I don't know politics as much in Great Britain, yeah. um, and I also know you spend quite a, a fair amount of time outside of Great Britain and, yeah. and a lot of time in the States. Yeah. How do you view um, what's going on as a whole in the States right now where it is so divided? Yeah, I mean, I, it makes me laugh because, like, I mean, for some reason in my head, like, I associate, like, Hillary Clinton is, like, the Theresa May of the UK and like Donald Trump is like the Nigel Farage of the uh -huh. I don't know if you've heard of Nigel yeah. Farage like old I followed when Brexit was happening yeah, and all of that like, like he's like old he's a bit crazy like he's probably race well he's racist sexist um, and they're just kind of like trying to destroy the the modern world as it is in all of the good ways you know obviously we've got a lot of bad things but they're trying to destroy all the good things and, and make the bad things more prominent um, and then I kind of feel like Bernie Sanders is my boy you know he's like <laughs> he's like Jeremy Corbyn he's, he's you know yeah but you know I, when I was in Charlottesville playing the Challenger there I was staying with um, one of the one of the lecturers and, and he said you know as a young man if you're not a socialist there's something that's wrong so maybe maybe as I grow older I'll become more of a capitalist or you know more mainstream but we'll see I think a lot of that er, er, that theory because um, my, my dad said the same thing to me a lot of that theory comes from the fact that when you are younger yeah. you don't have money exactly when yeah. you're older yeah. you do have money yeah. you want to protect yeah. that because yeah. you're thinking about the fact I want that money to go to my children yeah exactly yeah um, but at the same time I'm from a working class background um, and my dad's always hold, held those views you know yeah um, and and I can't help that that's, that's been instilled in me now as well um, and I'd like to think that I'd never betray the principles that I have now I think if if you don't have enough money then you should look after yourself and if you have got enough maybe you should give a or if you've got more than enough maybe you should give a little of that to, to help others 
Um, but you know that, that's an opinion, and, and that's the beautiful thing about politics and democracy is that everyone's entitled to their own. So Naomi's obviously pretty well known. You're obviously pretty well known. You guys have been in Where? the spotlight, <laughs> at least in, in your Singapore. own in your home. Yeah, in Heaton uh, Chapel. Listen, if I if I do Google news searches for you guys, <laughs> I mean I can find stuff uh, dating back several years yeah. on on the yeah. two of you. What are your two siblings, other than the two of you? Like, what? Um, I mean, what? How how did they? I don't know how to ask this. I know they don't treat you differently, yeah, but yeah. How, how do they react when the fact that there's, you know, maybe you go to, they go to a party and they're going to say, oh, how are Liam and Naomi doing yeah. out on tour? I don't think my eldest sister cares. I think she kind of sees the gimmicky side of it and finds it a bit funny and, and you know, and, and it's like duck off a, a water off duck's back, duck off a water's back. <laughs> um, whereas I think sometimes it, it annoys my brother a little bit, but he, he laughs about it, you know, he laughs it off and uh, yeah, he... he I can understand why maybe a, a person of lesser character it could get to a little bit. Yeah. To always be, to always get compared to your other siblings. Um, but yeah, he, he handles it pretty well. And I guess, you know, at the end of the day, we all want each other to do as well as we can. So. And what do they do? Well, he he's currently working in a bar. Um, he graduated university, got his degree. Um, don't quote me on this, it was either this summer or the summer before. I'm pretty sure okay. it was the summer before, but I'm not 100% sure. Probably this summer. Years years, uh, years in the tennis years just never yeah, really, I mean, it's just exactly continuous. Them. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then she is currently working as a, at the local primary school, as like the school receptionist. She's obviously, Emma is her name, she, she's raising two children as well. So I think that's that's a full-time job in itself, is raising those kids, and, and she's doing an admirable, admirable job of it. She's... Uh, I mean, <laughs> before her first kid, I, she, she, I'd say she's grow, she's grown up a lot, yeah. you know, and she had to, and, and all credit to her, she she's she reminds me a lot of my mother. She's she's a fantastic person. How do you see yourself as a father many years from now? Yeah. Because uh, I, I I've seen some of your social media in terms yeah. of like just interacting with yeah. those two kids, and, yeah. and you seem to really enjoy it. Yeah. It's it's one thing though to be an uncle and have them for an hour and just yeah. play around with them for an hour. Yeah. Because you don't have to change the diaper. Exactly. That's the beautiful thing, isn't it? Of being the <laughs> uncle is is. You know, you can play with the kids for a minute or two, and if and if they're enjoying it and they're laughing, it's like, oh my god, this is amazing. And then yeah. when they start crying, you just pass them back to <laughs> pass them back to Emma. Um, and if she poops a pants or something, you pass it to Emma. Um, and if she vomits, then you just pass it to Emma. Sure. Um, or if they start crying, you walk out the room and you go to your room and close the door. You, you put on your headphones. Yeah. Um, so I think I've got the cream. The cream at the top, but nothing, nothing of the work underneath. Um, but no, I'm, I'm definitely, you know, hopefully one day I'll be lucky enough to be a parent. And you know, I guess from hearing your takes on it and a lot of other people's, it's a pretty special thing. Um, and no doubt, there's a lot of work that comes with it. And maybe one day I'll, I'll be man enough to, to put up with the work that comes with it, as well as the blessing of them being in, in your life. Um, people like you who have been extremely highly ranked juniors. Um, and I think especially more so in Great Britain and here in Australia where we're recording right now I, th I think the media pressure for for you guys is a little bit more intense than the uh, the Americans yeah, yeah, uh, Possibly yeah. how, how fast did you have to mature? Yeah. and how much? Um, maybe now that the media pressure is a little bit less. Yeah, are you able to? Um, 
kind of relax a little bit yeah. versus say yeah. three, four years ago? Yeah. Um, I mean, it's, it's interesting because you hear a lot of times people say that, you know, the media pressure makes a big difference and expectations and stuff like that. But to be honest, I never really had expectations of myself. Yeah. You know, when I made these, you know, finals of tournaments and winning tournaments and stuff in juniors, it was kind of like, you know, oh, look what's, you know, look what's happened. Like, you know, kind of find myself in a final. Like, how the fuck have I got here? Like, you know, I'm bluffing my way through tournaments. Um, but yeah, I, I guess um, then the expectations come, and when you know maybe after a couple of months, results don't come, you start to panic and whatnot. Um, but yeah, I, I think the biggest thing that made me mature was leaving home for the National Tennis Centre. I had to, I, I, you know, that I think as all teenage guys can be. I was maybe a bit arrogant when I was younger. I, yeah. I'm sure there are still flashes of arrogance now. No. Um, <laughs> Not in the least. Um, but yeah, I, I was pretty arrogant and I was a bit of a little shit. Um, but leaving home I, and, and having to, you know, even things like do my own taxes and and and, uh, and buy my own food and, and book my own flights to tournaments. Like, you have to grow up quick and, and you become more, much more wise to the ways of the world. Um, and I think without those five years since or six years since I wouldn't be the person I am now and I'm very grateful for that and as many flaws as I have I think uh, I'd probably have a hell of a lot of more hell of a lot more if I hadn't have, have taken that path so yeah um, I've been waiting now as we are I'm looking at the clock we are 21 minutes in yeah and I've it's taken me this long uh, to get to the key point of why we're here yeah uh, which for the sun no, I, the sun, I'm dying. Listen, I, I, when I left Saturday, before, when I got on a plane, it was yeah. zero degrees. Yeah. Zero degrees. Yeah. It is currently oh, 90 so degrees nice. Fahrenheit that. here. Yeah. And I am, it's been three days. I'm drenched yeah. in sweat. It's yeah. awful. It's yeah. Yeah. awful. Yeah. My um, ass is tropical right now. It's well, like dripping it, sweat. You know what? It's a it, tropical destinations <laughs> where a lot of people like to be, you know? Um, but the reason I brought you here today for this coffee cast uh, is really to discuss Peaky Blinders. Oh, what a, what a show. What a creation. Um, what a creation. Like, I mean, you're going to tell me how bad it is, but... No! Are you kidding me? Have you got into it? I love it. it. I'm done. I thought you didn't like it. No, it... it you said so like you couldn't understand it and stuff. First, the, listen, and uh, Dan Evans, yeah. uh, Evo... Yeah, it's a really bad Birmingham accent, though. That's I mean, but you... You, I, I, you I can see Evo speaking like that. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I, I've had experience speaking yeah, yeah. with Evo over the years, yeah. so I, I had, yeah. it, it took me two episodes yeah. to get in. Yeah. Jesus yeah. Christ. Yeah. How good of a show is that? Yeah, I wanted to try and do an Evo... Evo impression then but I'm not sure it'd be it'd be good enough and do him justice um, um, yeah but, but I, I think um, the show is absolutely amazing I feel like when when the British do something yeah they do it properly you know uh -huh. it's not half-hearted they, there's a complex storyline the characters are very very complex and have and are very well layered whereas when I watch a TV show like 24 or designated survivor or you know, all of these crappy shows. It just seems like these guys, you know, in America, you guys just churn stuff out for money. You don't really care about what you're doing. You know, this is this Peaky Blinders show. It's like a masterpiece. It's a TV show masterpiece. So when did this just become a bash Americans? I mean, situation. Did I, did I bash Americans? I mean, you're I? just like you just imagine like you guys with your you guys with your 24. Sorry, sorry, that was an unbiased view of mine. I'm I'm just saying it how I see it. If that's the way that it is in the world, then we've got. 
fantastic shows. You yeah. you just picked two shows that Where's were. Game of Thrones is that American? Yes. George R. R. Martin is he? Well, no, Where's he's he? he's British. Oh. But, but <laughs> however, oh. however, oh. the showrunners and it's produced. <laughs> you are the worst. <laughs> okay, I mean, listen, we we could we could go on. Uh, I, I I love Peaky. I, I love Peaky's Peaky. great. At the end of the day, I mean, there are a lot of very good American TV shows. Um, I actually loved The American Office. Yeah, I thought that. I was thought class. the British one was better. Yeah, the British one's fantastic. I don't know because I watched the American one first. That's the problem. Mm. Um, and I, I, did, I, did I love Steve Carell. I love Steve Carell. I, and yeah. what, what's his name? Dwight Schrute. Dwight Schrute. Dwight Schrute. Sure. The, what's the actor's name? Uh, Rain Wilson. He is my favorite actor on the planet. I think he's absolutely fantastic, and he makes that show. Here's the thing: the reason I like the British one, I felt The Office dragged on too long, like because then you you get a little yeah, bit formulaic. You know what I mean? I've been, you know what you say, dragged on too long. I've watched it twice through. Yeah. I, I don't understand how people watch shows multiple times yeah, through. Well, Peaky Blinders is one that I'd watch through again. But you find with certain TV shows that that have a lot of depth to them, you actually. See things sometimes that you didn't yeah. notice before. You the know, subtle they're, they're nuances. Key to the yeah, 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 yeah. Lines. They're the best shows, um, but maybe The Office doesn't have those subtle nuances. Well, see, like, <laughs> like I felt with the American Office, Pam and Jim just lasted forever. Mm -hmm. Like, just it just Pam and Jim killed me a bit as well with yeah. the way that they got together and right. That's, that's, a bit of American culture right there it for is. you, isn't like it? Like happy like, ending, you crap like that. Yeah, but not so much the happy ending. The way that like they got together and she was engaged to that guy and then true love won, but like yeah. the way it happened was kind of really sly. Like break up with the guy before you start making out with the new guy, you know? Like Especially they were engaged, right? Yeah. The first, her and the first guy. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. Like that really put a sour note on Pam and Jim's relationship for me. Like I never really got over that. And yet you still think it was better? Because of Dwight Schrute. Dwight K. Schrute, the beat farmer. Alright, I'm gonna I'm gonna admit something that probably will have people never speak to me again. It's yeah. entirely possible. I was I didn't like the character. <laughs> <laughs> I, I couldn't do it. I I got like I was uh, three or four episodes in and I was just I can't. Because of Dwight? Yeah. And and tr listen, it, The Office was appointment television every Thursday. What what about Steve Carell? Fantastic. But that's like, that's like I, saying I you like you like strawberries, but you don't like the cream on the strawberries. You know? Well, that's different. I mean, I might, well, it's not, I might be it's lactose not, it's not, intolerant. It's, it's the same. It's the same. Like I'm you can't, you can't, have, you can't have Steve without without rain in that show. <laughs> like. They, they, you can't have a rainbow without they the bounce, rain. They bounce off each other. They, they, <laughs> the banter, the witty banter, Mike, that comes out of that is phenomenal. Yeah, but that wasn't witty like, Did you see the parkour banter. episode? The what? Did you see the parkour episode? Yes, I mean... <laughs> <laughs> what an episode that was. Oh, my Lord. Jeez, there <laughs> some classics in that. Oh, my God. What are you watching right now? Um, well, I'm trying to work my way through Designated Survivor, which is tough. Um, because I feel like how many things can go wrong for a president? <laughs> like the Capitol building's already been blown up. Like there's not much worse from that. And I feel, are you the same kind of thing? Like you have to see a show through to the end? Well, usually, yeah. But like Breaking Bad, I didn't watch through. Get the fuck out. Do you know the episode with the fly? Like there was an episode in the middle of it with a fly and I... And it was an episode of him trying to kill a fly in his meth lab. And I was like, what? I've, I, that's an hour of my life that I'm never going to get back. 
Like I just spent an hour watching him trying to kill, and, and there was no point to the story. And I was like, that's it. I'm not. Oh I'm not my doing god! This anymore. I mean, the best part, the, the thing, got, the thing that got me hooked was when he made that explosive that looked yeah, like yeah, yeah. he dropped it on the floor, and he's like badass it, and he's like, oh my god, who are you? And he went, you can call me Heisenberg. Right. And I was like, oh my god. Do you remember the guy in uh, uh, in Charlottesville, the one who looks exactly like Heisenberg? No. Uh, remind me if you're in Charlottesville <laughs> next year. What is that? He's an annual. I, so the first time he saw him, I, uh, Steve Gaines is his name, uh, he, and he, I, I think he actually. As well. Uh, he did. So no way. I swear to God, I swear to God. First, first year I was down there in Charlottesville. Was that the? Was that your year? Might have been the year before I'm you had sure. your your yeah. nice run. Um, I, it was Halloween, and I I said on the air about his name. Steve Gaines follows me on Twitter. I know he listens to podcasts as well. I swear to God, I said on the air dressed up as as Breaking Bad's Heisenberg and then no, it turns out that's just that's him just how he that's just how he looks he must be watching the show had to have yeah. had to have good guy though yeah. uh, Steve in Charlottesville what inspiration though using a meth dealer is your inspiration <laughs> a meth dealer does. with a heart of gold until uh, he starts killing people yeah I was gonna say that's questionable <laughs> so you're you're headed back uh, overseas actually later today so what's what's on the docket you're gonna finish that so um and the new season of Black Mirror. God, that freaks me out. What a show. I mean, the it's questions it asks you inside sure. about, you know, society and stuff. And, yeah, but and I'm convinced right now that the robots are going to take over and kill us all within 15 years. Like, I, I'm, like, yeah, seriously like Elon convinced. Elon Musk and stuff saying that. I know. I, I'm dead convinced that's yeah. going to happen. Yeah. So when I watch that show, yeah. like, I'm just thinking yeah. about the end of the world, and, and it, it terrifies me, so I had to stop. Yeah. Did you hear that... Um, they did a, a test of like they used three, three or four um, artificial intelligence robots and asked them all questions, like impossible questions, mm-hmm. and three of them couldn't answer it, didn't learn, and the fourth one answered the question, you know, in a self-aware way, mm-hmm. and they shut them all down. It's wow, coming. That freaks me out. It's coming. Out. Well, you know, do you know the only animal other than a human to ever ask a self-aware question? Dolphin. No. What? A grey parrot. African grey parrot. Ask what colour it was. I think that is freaky. That is a little bit. so freaky. Uh, Why why would it want to know what colour it is? (laughs) It's like keeping a human being in a cage all day. If it's that, you know, if it's aware that it exists, that's like, that's so freaky. We're getting existential here. Oh, no. And and we're uh, up against the clock. Yeah. Uh, right at 30 minutes, but this is uh, the point, and I didn't uh, allow you time to think about this because I normally try to do that before we start. But yeah. uh, you know, you had to have your decaf coffee, so yeah. I was in there, and I got distracted by somebody inside the coffee shop, so I forgot to tell you. Uh, this is this is the moment where I allow you talk about whatever you want. Like, what okay. are, what is something that Liam Brody, and this can be serious or or half-ass. That, that you feel that, that, that tennis fans yeah. um, maybe don't necessarily know about you, about tennis in, in general, your travel, your, you know, what it's like to be a player. What, what do you think people don't have a, a good understanding or respect for about what it's like to be a professional tennis player? Yeah. Um, I think it's sometimes... I'm not going to say how hard this life is because you know I'm, I know that I live a blessed life. Um, I travel the world. I'm, I get a, a sense of fulfilment out of this, whether I win or lose, knowing that I'm doing what I love um, and giving it everything I've got. 
Um, but I think it's sometimes, you know, people need to remember to have perspective and, and, and even though it is just a sport, this is my life. This is, you know, I, I make, hopefully I'll make a living off this. This is this, this has been everything to me since I was four years old. And, and um, I, I don't know, like it, the thing, I mean, it, this is weird that it's going here, but the thing that frustrated me was like, um, do you remember when Johnny McEnroe said that um, Lorenzi yeah. was a journeyman? Was a journeyman. I mean, I'm not. There are players that are that you would class as journeyman. You know, like a semi-professional stuff like that. But I, I tell you now, for the last, especially the last 18 months, I have put ev every ounce of my life and my focus into being a professional tennis player, and I'm ranked 170 in the world. I think people need to realise, and not not that not that everyone does this anyway, but I think you know people that don't know this need to realise how competitive and how good these guys are at, at the lower levels on the American Challenger tours, on at, at the Slam Qual. Like the standard of the tour of the tournament going on here in qualifying is unbelievable, and I, I think sometimes it gets glossed over because they only see the big players, and 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 it's a shame. Um, and I think sometimes they just need the the respect they deserve because the, these guys in qualies the guys in the American Challenges I wouldn't say that they're necessarily working any less hard than a lot of the top players um, maybe sometimes they don't have the same skills um, maybe sometimes they don't have the same financial ability maybe they don't have the same access to you know brilliant physios and, and fitness coaches and tennis coaches and yeah I guess that's it really Okay. Just to respect the journey. Man. You you want you want as much love as you can get. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. This is. I mean, it's the same as my political views, I suppose. Uh, you got to respect the little man. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll be the. Uh, you're, you're a six footer. I'll, I'll maybe. be the champion. I'll be the champion of the little man. <laughs> Liam, yeah. uh, it, it is always enjoyable to chat with you. Um, next time you need some caffeine in your coffee, or else it's not a proper coffee yeah. chat. That's true. Um, but we'll work on that. Sweet. Uh, I don't think I'm going to see you again probably till the summer, huh? Yeah. Well, you're not going to come back. Any of the American challenges? You're not coming to the green clay. I might There's dip no into. That. Yeah, but you're not at, like Indian Wells Challenger. It appears I'm not going to Indian Wells. Yeah, although I'm Oracle, still available. That's Oracle, isn't yeah, it? I'm yeah. still available for hire. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, I'm I'm yeah. I'm willing you're to take he might money. Give you a shout. Yeah. I'm not going to like go begging, but you know, Mike, that's a really good perspective to have in life. If, you know, if to, not, to be willing to take money is a very important and very rare <laughs> point of view. Liam, uh, when you are a con independent contractor... Oh, I thought you were going to say something else. You said, Kerr. <laughs> when you're an independent Kerr. Uh, when you are an independent contractor and you, you, know, you, have, to, you have to find work where you can get it, uh, you know, Uber doesn't pay the bills, Liam. <laughs> uh, <laughs> quite like I thought it might. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, you know, if you want to start funding my poker career, we can do that too. You want to come to the crown for a little bit? Uh, no, I. Mm. I'll teach you. Poker. I think you've got a very, you've got a very emotive face. I think, I think people could read you. Oh, Liam, there's a reason there's not a camera on me in the broadcast. You know that, right? <laughs> you might have to wear a mask. <laughs> then I think about it. Batman mask. Yeah. <laughs> have a good flight uh, back home. Cheers, and we'll see you soon. Cheers.